Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And on today's Word for the Day, we continue our Holy Week series entitled The Cross. So in the last episode, I, I looked at the nature of crucifixion and sort of how it functioned politically in the Roman Empire. Now I want to shift gears to the biblical and theological meanings of the cross. And there's a lot of different um, meanings of what Christ did through his crucifixion for us. Um, I want to think about three. That's today, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then on Friday, I just want to end with a meditation on the cross that you might use to enter into your Good Friday worship. So today I want to think about the idea that Christ is a substitute, that he died instead of me. He died instead of us. Um one, one scripture that really captures this is in Isaiah 53, verse 6. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So there in that prophecy about the coming Messiah, who is it was a, a servant who will die for his people, it's the way it's described. It talks about how, how everyone else has iniquity. We all are like sheep, we've gone astray, and yet our iniquity was put on Jesus. He would put on the Messiah. So the, the, the backdrop is, um, you know, in Genesis 3, it says, when you sin, you will die. Jump ahead in the New Testament, the wages of sin is death. So we're the ones that deserve to have our own iniquity put on us, and yet the Lord put our iniquity on him. He died instead of me. That's the substitute idea. Now, there's some bad ways that this gets talked about. I've probably used them years ago. You've probably heard them. Let me talk about them and then correct them and kind of give us what I think is a healthy and biblical way to think about this beautiful, beautiful truth. So sometimes this idea of Christ um, dying instead of me is presented this way. It's as though God the Father is just raging with wrath and he just wants to be unleashed to bring his punishment on us. Um, now, of course, God is holy. There's a wage to sin. And because God is love, also love, God is good. He can only will the good of the other. And goodness willed toward evil is always justice. And um, part of justice is retribution. When wrong is done, things need to be made right. So, so it's not completely wrong that God, but not just the Father, God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, together have set their will against evil, and there's justice against evil. So, but in the picture that we often hear, it's just the Father, and it's like he's all ticked off. And he just can't wait to punish us. And then Jesus sort of nobly steps in front and says, No, Father, punish me instead, and I'll protect these people. And it kind of makes God the Father look like an ogre and Jesus like the hero. And it creates this weird contradiction within the life and heart of God. And there's different ways this is talked about. And it's trying to get at the idea that Jesus really took our sin. But it's a bad illustration because it makes it out that like God sort of divided in his heart. So a better way to think about it is this. Remember John 3, 16, 
It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So if God gives his only son, the language of son relative to God means we're talking about God the Father. The Father loves us so much that he gave his son. The Father, the Son, loves the Father so much and loves us that he voluntarily submitted to become one of us, enter, in our, enter into our story, and go all the way down to the cross. Of course, the Holy Spirit is the source of the incarnation, we're told from the story of the Annunciation. He's the one who empowered Jesus to live his full life. So, so Christ being our substitute is actually a conspiracy of love from each person of the Trinity, the whole Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, conspiring together to absorb the justice we deserve so that we might have the forgiveness he wants to give. So somehow, and we can't understand this fully, God himself entered into our story and God himself took the, 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 the right um, and proper result, um, and that's a bad way to say it. He, he took the judgment that he himself is the one who gives, and he absorbed it himself for us. It's a great mystery there. Only God knows how it works. But what it does for us is it tells us that God himself has entered into history. God himself has paid the price, if you will, for human sin. And that through that act that happened in space and in time to a certain person in a certain place, we have the knowledge that we are forgiven. That's, that's the truth that ties so closely to Christ as substitute. We are forgiven. And it's a foundational idea of the cross because we have to be reconciled relationally to God, experience forgiveness, and come back into communion with him so we can experience the transformation that comes from Christ and the cross. So, so I would encourage you this week as you reflect on the cross and get ready for Good Friday, remember that Jesus died instead of me. And because of that, I'm forgiven. And every time you look at the cross, especially if you look at a crucifix with the corpus on the cross, you can just have this confidence and assurance that every sin that's part of your story has been completely removed, and you are forgiven, and you are reconciled to God, accepted by him by grace through what Jesus did on the cross. It's part of the beauty of the crucifixion, this ugly, ugly thing, but it's part of what we call Good Friday good, not because what Jesus suffered was inherently good, but because the outcome it produced was glorious and good. Um, that's what we talk about surveying the wondrous cross. So Jesus died instead of me because of that. I am forgiven. Let me say one quick thing before I close this up. There are versions of Christianity that kind of have this tone to them. Maybe you've experienced it. It's sort of like, okay, yeah, sure. Of course, Jesus died for you, but you better watch out. You better not sin because, you know, you might end up losing this whole thing. That one sin might drive you away from God. That one sin might send you to judgment. That one sin might send you to hell. And yeah, 
yeah, sure, God loves, but don't you better watch it. God's out to get you. And of course, that version will say, of course, we believe in the cross. Of course, we believe Jesus died for us. But by framing it that way, it completely undermines the work of the cross and completely destroys the gospel. Dear friends, all your sin that you have committed and you will commit, including the sin you don't even realize you've done, God knows it all. And God has taken it and put it on Jesus. Whatever that means, it has been removed. You've been washed white as snow. You are forgiven. Jesus died instead of you. And the proper response is to say thank you and rejoice in what you've been given. And don't freak out when you fall. Receive your forgiveness afresh and keep walking with the Lord who's taken all your sin to the cross. God bless and have a great Holy Week.